At the time, I was um, MD. It was a growing company, and I was 24-7 occupied, fully occupied. She did. But when I decided to leave that and go on a career change, I thought I probably could give a bit of time now to giving something back. And so I looked at the Prince's Trust and decided I would apply to be a mentor on that program. Welcome to Coaches and Mentors Unwrapped. The show that brings you remarkable insights and practical steps to help you in becoming the best version of yourself. We're your hosts, Roz and Mike. We both didn't have it easy growing up. Through our story, we've made it our life mission to ensure every young individual will have the opportunity that we didn't have. This would be achieved through offering you unrivaled access to mentors and coaches and the opportunity to help you uncover how they impact our lives. Our vision is to have a world whereby we can all help shape each other's lives through shared experiences and carefully applied tools and systems that has been tried and trusted. Well, Mike, I guess you're looking forward to our next guest on the show today. I am indeed. I'm looking forward to speaking to Lillian. It's been over 13 years and I'm excited. Wow, 13 years. Looking forward to it. Let's tune in, guys. Stay tuned. Hi, Lillian. Welcome to Coaches and Mentors Unwrapped. Hi, Lillian. Hi. Nice to have you you on the show. Great to be here. Excellent. Good to have you. I know you're a very busy lady. So for for our listeners that obviously don't know Lillian, so Lillian and I go way back. I mean, I'm talking over 13 years. Wow. And yes, I explained (laughs) to you. (laughs) It's a long time ago. It's a long time. (laughs) So these were the times when myself and a very good friend of mine uh, tried to start an online business called eSwaps, which was uh, a platform that allowed the facilitation of swapping online goods. Right. So, you know, similar to the old school bartering system. And we had the pleasure of working with Lillian at that time to mentor us. Um, we set the business up. We, in fact, started, you know, getting a number of transactions on, on the portal. But unfortunately, you know, uh, life got in the way and, you know, we, we couldn't make it um, sustain. But that said, we, we learned so much from that. And obviously from that point on, you know, my, co- my co-founders moved on to, you know, still doing amazing things. And I've been privileged to be able to work to work for some, some very leading and large uh, software firms. So, you know, there's, there's not, no such thing as fail. You know, fail means no. first attempt in learning, right? So, Absolutely um, right. Yes. Absolutely. So for our listeners' sake, I'm going to quickly read out um, Lillian's bio and, and then we're going to go in with some questions. So today's yes. topic is entitled coaching and mentoring for startups and specifically around business planning, correct? Yeah. Okay. So without further ado, Lillian Shapiro is an experienced business advisor, CEO and co-founder who loves helping startups to start up. She's a lead mentor at Bloomspace, a multi-site co-working space which helps businesses to develop and grow. Bloom is partnered with the Madrid-based European Institute for Entrepreneurship. Previously, Lillian was a business advisor at UCL Advances, helping student entrepreneurs to effectively start up their businesses. Having a great solution and the ability to produce it is vital, but insufficient. Until a business has customers, all it has is an idea. Good communication and marketing skills are critical. Being able to present the value proposition compellingly to the right target market. Lillian is skilled at making complex concepts marketable. She provides expert, practical, impartial, and confidential guidance that takes an individual's personal aspirations and goals into account. 
absolutely love that. So welcome once again. So I guess I'll, I'll kick off with a question. And um, I know you're always ever so passionate about mentoring. Can you share with our audience what, what made you get into mentoring and what drives you to kind of wake up every day wanting to help businesses succeed? Well, it all started when I was managing director of a software firm and one of the freelance consultants who I was employing, um, who I really respected, who was a person of integrity and good ethical view on life, told me about um, the Prince's Trust and the mentoring that he was doing for that. And I got very interested in it. But at the time, I was um, MD. It was a growing company, and I was 24-7 occupied, fully occupied. She did. But when I decided to leave that and go on a career change, I thought I probably could give a bit of time now to giving something back. And so I looked at the Prince's Trust and decided I would apply to be a mentor on that program. And they... um, I thought was, the Prince's Trust is very interesting, Michael, as you know, and it um, took people who were young people who were in the middle of their careers, who wanted to give something back, whose firm sponsored them to be a mentor. And it also took people like me who were already run businesses and so on, who wanted to learn how to be a more effective mentor. I hadn't previously mentored, but of course, starting a business and being managing director of a business entails getting to know people growing them growing the business through growing people yeah and my approach has always been one of developing people first because if a happy person is a productive person (laughs) you know if you're not enjoying the work that you're doing you're not going to be very effective in the role that you're that you're playing so therefore it makes sense to me the other thing is that um I could never understand why um, some people had the attitude that it's just a job. I don't really see the point of it's just a job. I mean, a a job is really most of your life, if you think about it. Yeah. So it's got to be something that you really enjoy. And that could be working for a business. You don't have to be working for yourself. Or it could be working for yourself, in which case you want to try and maximize what you can get out of it. And so I felt I had something to contribute to help people evaluate that and maybe help them do that. Love that. I just, I just love um, the, the passion and, and obviously you talked about you've got to enjoy what you do, right? That's right. And um, I guess just on that, on that piece, how does somebody get that satisfaction from an idea stage? I just want to go back to the planning stage because today is all about planning, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you work with a lot of young people who... Yes, I do. And I've worked with Princess Trust myself um, Mm -hmm. over the years. So I've worked with young people for about nine years now. Um, And I've had the experience of working with Princess Trust and working closely with them and seeing the kind of work and the mentors that they bring on board to help young people that want to initiate that idea. Um, So one of the questions I have for you, Lillian, is, you know, you've, you've got this amazing, great idea. And, you know, the, the idea that you may have doesn't have any competition. How can one plan for that idea? So, you know, everything starts with, a, it initiates an idea. How do you then plan? What, what, what would you say the, the practical steps would be for that? 
Yes. So the first thing that you said is it's an idea with no competition, which is would be very unusual. Yes. <laughs> um, so true these days. Uh, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, and the 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 thing is, an idea is just an idea until you find somebody who actually is interested in purchasing your solution. So the first thing you have to do is to examine who your target market is. So you have an idea, it could be a new form of hairbrush. Yeah. It could be, say, the guy who did that detangling hairbrush. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. yes. yes. Hairbrushes, it's not a new idea, is it? Everybody uses hairbrushes. So how do you, what do you go on with that? So he's thinking, but this is a hairbrush, but it has a specific purpose. It is specifically to detangle hair, which is very difficult to detangle. So who has hair that's very difficult to detangle? Some Some of it could be you know, red-haired people with big curly hair. It could be African-type hair. It could be whatever. I'm definitely one, yeah. I can definitely (laughs) relate to that. (laughs) Probably need one, yeah. It probably wouldn't be Michael, who doesn't seem to have much hair. (laughs) It probably wouldn't be me. So the point is, an idea has a target market. It has segmentation of a customer. It could be by gender. It could be by age, whatever. So... The first part of planning is trying to understand whose problem you are solving because an idea right. must be solving a problem. Yeah. So whose problem are you solving? Now, let's say, to, I don't know why I honed in on that idea, but let's take it further. If, if you say, well, actually, that's the problem I'm solving, you know, it's awful tangling your hair. Well, how much is it worth to you? to have your hair detangled. So let's say I've come up with this fantastic solution and it only costs £250. Would you buy it? Yes, if it's going to it's going to solve the solution. So rather than having hair. it would be worth £250 to you personally to do that. How many people would pay £250 for a hairbrush? Guys? That, that, that really <laughs> depends, right? I guess possibly not that many. So, I mean, yeah. it could be a lot. I'd be surprised. Yeah. I was quite surprised by your answer. I was expecting you to say certainly not. <laughs> but it but, depends when you've got such a bush of a hair exactly. afro. Gosh, well, it takes a whole day. But, but yeah, that's, that's great because what you're doing now is proving my point about market research. Correct. Yeah. So the thing you need to do is to say. um Actually, how big a problem is this for people? Yeah. Um, if it's so big a problem, what other op- the other thing you have to look at is what else could they do? You know, they could cut sure. the hair off. They could yeah. spend five hours trying to detangle it with a comb, whatever. Yeah. So you look yeah. at the alternative solutions and you say, is my solution worth this much more than whatever else they could do? And then you have to find enough people. So maybe there's only 10 people who think it's that much of a problem that they'll pay you £250. Pounds, yeah. But he launched it for, I don't know, £10, say. And a lot of people think for £10, I don't care if it doesn't work, I'm going to try it, right? Yeah. It's a a big enough problem, I'm going to try it. Yeah. And it works, and so they do do try it. So that's the first part of the uh, planning process. Right. A lot of people, you know, and a lot of businesses fail, startup businesses, because people have an idea 
and they pursue the idea even to the extent of having prototypes made, having it, you know, sent over to China to make loads and loads of detangling hairbrushes and things. And it's only when they actually start then trying to sell it that they realize people aren't that interested. The first part of planning is do your market research very effectively before you try and even develop the prototype. So let's say we've got, um, I'm, I'm going, I'm referring back to a young person now. So I'm speaking to our young <laughs> listeners today. Um, so you've got a young person, they've done their, their market research. They've got that, you know, the idea, which is not quite niche, but it's niche to them. Um, and they've gone out and they've, they're, they're now trying to get the clientele. They're now trying to sell the product or sell the service. But then, you know, it hits the fan and you're like, gosh, I'm not getting anybody. What's going on? What's happening here? What what kind of motivation or what kind of, um, how would you say they need to, what kind of idea um, steps would you give them to go back into to reconsidering what they've, yeah, right, what they've right, right. put in so place? So this, at this point, I'm assuming that they have had some prototypes that they've offered to the market. Yeah, yeah. So I think it all depends how they're trying to market it. If it's totally online, I mean, usually you would have, if it's a physical product as opposed to a service, say, yeah. if it's a physical product, you would have had some tests, wouldn't you? You'd have done some trials. Um, perhaps I would advise them to attempt a different channel to sell it through. So, um, it, uh, uh, people tend to be uncomfortable with something new. But if you can get good customer references, they will be reassured and they may be more prepared to try it. So yeah. you can gain good customer references through promotion, through maybe giving some free in, in, in return for a good reference. If it works, obviously you're not you know bribing them, but if they like it, they can give a reference. Or yeah going to Camden Market and taking a stall and trying to sell it there. What you need at this point is feedback because it's very unusual that people would just not buy it. If they're just not buying it, there's a reason they're not buying it. And there may be five different reasons. They might not like the color. They might not like the price. You know, there's all sorts of things. You need to understand what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, it may be that there just isn't enough interest in it. Yeah. yeah. That's a possibility. Yeah which means you've just got to go back to the drawing board and perhaps think of something else, right? Um, yeah, uh, but, then, but then, you see, initially, even before all of this, you have to start with why they're doing this in the first place. Yes. It starts with the why. Yes. Yeah. So what is the motivation for that person to do a startup? Yes. And yes. it could be simply that they're a one-idea person. They've had an idea, which could be a, a fantastic idea, something really unusual. And um, it may not be that they're the best person to make that happen because maybe their skills don't lie in, you know, being an entrepreneur or whatever. But yeah. um, let's assume alternatively they are definitely an entrepreneurial person and they're, you know, really interested in developing their own business and doing so on. Yeah. Then, then you can work with that because you because they will learn a lot through the initial um, unsuccessful attempt. They'll learn a lot about potential markets. And of course, the more questions you ask, the more market research you do, the more gaps you find in the market. 
you know, people will say, well, actually, no, my hair doesn't um, get tangled, but I hate the fact that I can't get rid of the shampoo afterwards or, I don't know, you know, something. Yeah, yeah. So you start finding lots of alternative gaps that you didn't know existed and then you can come up with another idea, you know, so. Exactly. I love that. that that's just creativity at its, um, at its best, right? Because when you go through challenges, when you go through, um, I guess, this feedback process, they call it the due diligence process, yeah. the feedback you get, from your potential consumers, your potential customers allowed you to even think deeper to the point where sometimes you're not overthinking certain things, but you may have to, because guess what? To your example, you know, maybe it's not the the fact that it's not untangling hair, it's just shampoo, right? So then you just start, you know, so again, I think what I'm taking away from, from this piece is, you know, a couple of things, you know, you've got to have your why, Yes. Your yeah. motivation. Yeah. Um, you've got to do your market research. The due diligence key is absolutely essential, uh, which obviously goes into, you know, target market, your specific USB, you know, who, who, which problem are you trying to solve? And, you know, is your solution, how much is it worth? What's on the market? All of that stuff, which, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's critical to, to, to planning. Now, I guess one, one question around uh, resources that helps other people plan or resources that people can tap into. Now, yeah, but Princess Trust is probably one area that people can go and, you know, find information, yeah, yeah. right? Um, where else would you say, Lillian, uh, if you can you share some books with us? Can you share some resources where yeah, sure. our listeners can go and... Um, I can email you I can email you some links. Um, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. I would say if they're in London, actually, I yeah. think it's not just London, but a great organisation is Capital Enterprise. Right. I don't know if you know, it's capitalenterprise.org. Ahead of them. And um, I've worked with them for a number of years. They uh, have an, uh, some very good programs for tech startups. It, it tends to be a tech organization, but tech startups, and they have a number of grants for tech startups and a number of different mentor programs and so on. They're definitely worth a look, definitely. Um in order to do your planning, have you heard of the lean business plan? There's a there's a concept called the business model canvas, and it was developed into a simpler version called the lean business plan. I'll send you a link to it, um, lean business canvas. It's a very oh, yeah. good, on one sheet of paper, you can work out and plan what your startup's um, – goal can be right so it looks at the problem it looks at your solution it looks at your potential target market it's very good you can do it on one piece of paper you can use yellow sticky notes to change bits of it the nice thing about it is is that when one part of it changes let's say you do your market research and you find that actually the problem that you thought you were solving is different You can then go back and see what other aspects of your business plan need to change as a result of the new information that you've got. So that's a very good resource. Is it similar to like a a mind map? Is it like Uh, a mind map-ish or is is it totally different? Ish, Mm. ish. Okay, okay. It's it's just one piece of paper with like eight boxes. Love that, love that. Okay. very simple. Useful tool. The good thing about it is you can... You can share it with your mentor as well. So the mentor and the mentee can be working on the same piece of paper and they can each suggest to each other, you know, what's the, the, they can keep updating it as it, as they go along. Yeah. Yep. There's another website called um, 
the startup toolkit. Yes, right. I'm familiar That's with that good. one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And the guy who wrote that, Rob Fitzpatrick, he used to work at UCL, actually. I used to work with him. And he developed the mom test. Oh, yeah, I know the mom test. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. That's how to yeah. do market research. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The mom test, yeah. Um, Guys, go check out the mom the test. The mom test, yeah. We'll, we'll send some, some details yeah. in, in our show notes, yeah. So I can send you some links to some of those in case people can't find them, but yeah. No, that's, that's really useful. Thank you so much, Lillian. Um, so obviously we forgot to mention Bloom Space, which is the <laughs> organization that you're part yeah, of. So, of um, of course, you know, just a, you know, a sneaky plug there, but, um, yeah, we'll have that as well in the show notes. Um, how can our listeners connect with you? Uh, is there a way, best way to connect with you, with yourself? Uh, obviously LinkedIn is, 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 is another. LinkedIn probably. I mean, yeah. I'm not, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of not really available at the moment, but uh, if somebody has a pressing problem, I'm I'm sure I can spend some time, yeah, helping. Excellent, them. excellent, That's lovely. It's been good talking. It has been. It's Thank been you a so much. Thank I mean, so we, much, we've really. had. I mean, the, the resources that you shared at the end for me, some I've never heard of. The CapitalEnterprise.org, um, the Lean Business Canvas. Uh, I think you mentioned, and then the Startup yeah, Toolkit, Toolkit, which you know yeah. of. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you so much for sharing these. And, it's a great uh, for our listeners. Thank you. So once again, it's a wrap from Coaches and Mentors Unwrapped. <laughs> from Mike and Roz. Thank you so thank much, you, Lillian. Lillian. Thank great you. to see you both. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. For all the links to the resources discussed on this episode, click the details link next to the podcast. For any questions or topics you'd like to discuss, mentoring and coaching requirements, kindly drop us an email support at cm-unwrapped.com thanks for listening until next time remember inch by inch you form a stitch and one percent improvement daily can help you become 37 times better in a year that's absolutely staggering let's go get this guys